Beloved, we return to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Our verse this morning was verse 16. Our verse this evening is verse 17. I'd like to go ahead and read verses uh, 16 through 17. And then I'll read verse 17 again, and that's what we will have as the focus of our sermon together this evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I'll read for us verses 16 and 17. And pardon me, it might help if I actually open to the right. I left it in Mark, excuse me. Okay. Hear now the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. For we being many, or excuse me, verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless... Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. So remember, verse 16 leads in to verse 17, and so the discussion is uh, generally the Lord's Supper, although the image and the figurative expression of things as well. But uh, verse 16 is focusing on the communion we have with Christ. Verse 17, the communion we have with one another as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is an expression of the whole life as a Christian. And so let me read verse 17 again. For we, being many, are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. May the Lord bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the responding to his holy word. Well, this sermon uh, in this text is chosen related to the same reason for this morning. Uh, happy to have Mr. and Mrs. Vermillion join the church in the visible church and begin taking of the Lord's Supper together. So I thought it was an opportunity us, for us to revisit the Lord's Supper and the meaning of it and its extension in these verses as it relates to being in union with Christ and being in communion with one another in Christ. And I, I happened to overhear something that one of you said before church started tonight, and I'm, I'm going to quote you. Don't worry, it's nothing to be embarrassed by. But it, I thought, wow, that's just perfect, Lord, for where we're going tonight. Uh, Mr. Levine had said to someone before people were sitting down, and uh, first let me say again, we rejoice that the Lord brought him to Christ in salvation this week before the Wednesday service. And he's been here a month now. And, uh, but I think in particular, one of the things he's been recognizing is how he likes to be with you all. And I heard you say, if I'm not mistaken, to someone else, I feel at home when I'm in church. And I think I actually heard Mr. Renner say, yeah, me too, amen. And I feel at home when I'm in church. And that, that really is getting at what we're going to think about this evening as the family of God. Family is family. We have that phrase. Family is family. Often we say that in terms of why we put up with each other, right? With our, our uh, immediate families quite often. Family is family, meaning you don't give up on them. They are flesh and blood. We are one. And we often share meals together as an expression of that, uh, sometimes formal and especially with fond tradition and memories. So the church, so especially the church, all who partake of the one Savior commune as his one people. Give that to you as the main idea of our text. All who partake of the one Savior commune as his one 
people. Now we speak of communion when we take the Lord's Supper. That's in the text here. And again, uh, communion is the word used, but it's the Greek word koinonia that is sometimes understood as fellowship. All who partake of the one Savior commune as his one people, family, united by blood as one heritage. Notice there's a kind of a contrast here in our verse, though it's brief. It's interesting if you look at the repetitions of two ideas. First, we see this idea of many. We, so plural, us, right? Many different people. We, again, and then all. So four words are really identifying this idea of all different people, many different people, but then being combined in a sense contrasted with one, one bread and one body. We, all of us, we are one body, one bread, which is expressed as we partake the Lord's Supper together. Jesus is the bread of life. So the church is one bread in him, one loaf. Now, this is based again on verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Beloved, you have the same fellowship with Christ, with the Trinity, with one another. That you express and you experience as you eat together in communion at the Lord's table. You have that with one another. You don't just come and go and not know anyone and mind your business, get your bread and wine and get out of here. There is a communal, there is a fellowship. As you look all through the scriptures of the New Testament, including especially and the book of Acts, but all the letters, it's all about we, God's people, working together, having the ministry of reconciliation, how we stay together, right? Family is family in the Lord Jesus. And we have real fellowship together because we have real fellowship with Jesus as his church and in taking of the Lord's Supper as a special, intimate experience and expression of that together. Now, I want to read to you something that I did read this morning. I often say this in the longer version of the Lord's Supper that we mostly had this morning. So preparing for the Lord's Supper in that part of the service, I, I usually will say this to you. The supper is also a bond and pledge of the communion that believers have with him and with each other as members of his body. Think about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the whole chapter which comes after chapter 10 and 11 off, not the only subject, but the Lord's Supper is a lot of it. First Corinthians chapter 12, Jesus is the head, the church is the body. And the whole discussion is there are many parts, but there's one head and there's one body. Christ doesn't have many different bodies. He has one body, like any human body that's not mutated or diseased. One head, one body, all the parts working together as one. We're aware of the different body parts and their functions, but they all work together as one, the one body. We're all joined in working together. And frankly, we need to remember we all work better together. Schisms and divisions and Lone Ranger Christians, as if that could actually be. 
do not work better together. They devolve in theology and practice and whatever they may think is their reason to stay separate from everybody is completely in contradiction to what we are seeing here in the text tonight. You cannot resolve other doctrines with a faulty ecclesiology. And in some ways you could say all doctrine runs through the church because it's the whole point that we are one body loving God together, experiencing fellowship together. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, the least are vital for functioning. Some of those that we think might be the least important body parts are actually the most important. We are not to neglect one another, and we are especially to be careful not to neglect those we may overlook if we're not careful. They're the most important. Christ says, as you have done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me with simple visitation and service. And that's what family does. It visits one another sick and in the home. And thankful many of you have been able to get to visit our sister and mother, uh, Eleanor, already uh, recently again. We visit one another. We serve. We love. That's what family does. We don't do it to be seen. We don't do it to try to say something about. It's just, it's just body life, family life of church. Sadly, a lot of the church today doesn't know anything of this. And that could just as much be a lack of it being done to them and a lack of doing it for others. But this is what Christ says we actually have. We care about the least of these. We care about one another. We put up with one another. How often are we called to bear with one another, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven us? Well, how can you do that if you want anything to do with one another? You know, as we were praying the Lord's Prayer this morning, it occurred to me, I have heard stories of some who refuse to pray part of the Lord's Prayer. They won't do it. Forgive us our debts. Well, maybe I'll say that, but the part they won't say is, as we forgive our debtors. I've heard a story of one person who went to the grave refusing. That's pretty scary. Because if you really are in the church, you really are in Christ, you're going to be with him in heaven. Now, of course, we'll all be purified. But uh, how sad that we would think we would not uh, have that fellowship and communion as much as we are able, as much as we are able to make peace. Maybe not always formal, sometimes organic. Uh, for instance, when we met with Pastor Alex Tabaka, who I graduated with in seminary, the new pastor being installed this Saturday at LARP Church, and uh, a really wonderful guy, very bright, but was talking about how we really want to be reaching out and we really want to be having ecumenical relations with other churches swapping pulpits as pastors expressing that love for Christ's body the visible church and this is what we have this is what we have to enjoy together it's not that we create it we just seek to see it grow and have it blessed we have active fellowship. We partake of it. That one bread, that word partake, we're participating with one another as we partake of Christ. We experience union. We express union in Christ and having the one mind of Christ. And so we have unity in him as one. And again, that's the chief concern of Paul in Philippians, especially in, in chapter 2, that we would have unity together. That's the most important thing. This doesn't mean unanimity. There is uh, a, a, an issue of deferring to one another. and There's an issue of even if we, could be, if we may need to be a dissenting vote or something, that we then work together for the, for the benefit of all. 
Uh, we're willing to do that. That's what we do because we have the mind of Christ who humbled himself and gave himself up to die on even the cross who didn't deserve any of that. That's what we have together. And you think about how as we have the opportunity to grow in that together, to forgive one another, bear with one another, support one another in growing together. What a, what a blessed place. What a safe family. What a safe house that has its e eternal uh, benefits of that. Westminster Larger Catechism 168, I read for you this morning, related to your union in Christ. Uh, when you take the Lord's Supper, one thing it said that I want to highlight tonight, when you take the Lord's Supper, you, quote, testify and renew your mutual love and fellowship, each with other, as members of the same mystical body. I'd like to repeat that for you. When you take the Lord's Supper, among other things, you are testifying and renewing. See that? Renewing. Renewing. It's a real living thing happening. You know, we get together after not being with each other for a while, get together after we might have been ostracized for a while. We're renewing the relationship, testifying and renewing your mutual love and fellowship or communion, each with another as members of the same mystical body. When we met with the Vermilions on Friday to review things and prepare for them to join the church, um, they spoke, and especially Jan was speaking about uh, just how much the church is so loving and so kind and has been so supportive. And of course, uh, the Vermilions have just been the same. They've felt like they're one of us from the beginning. But that, that is something to really recognize is what the church should be known for. Pray that the Lord would let us be known for this loving fellowship with Jesus and one another that transcends our sins and our differences and our goofiness, you know. But now, not only do they speak of that familial love they've enjoyed, now they speak about it as a formal communion covenanted together in Christ. Question 171 of the Westminster Larger Catechism. How are you to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper? Among other things, one of the things I'd like to highlight, it says to you about how are you to receive it? How are you to partake and participate? It says, quote, by examining themselves, I, I've adjusted it for you, uh, by examining yourselves regarding your love to God and the brethren. As you're partaking of the Lord's Supper, you need to be mindful not only of your Savior and your fellowship with Jesus, but your fellowship with one another in Jesus here. And how is your fellowship growing? How are you loving and forgiving one another and being so thankful to have a family to love? You know, often Fernanda and I will speak about all the children in the Van Locos family, and obviously we're having lots of young children, and, and uh, you know, we're tired, we're busy and things, but we often say to each other, you know, it, it's just incredible, it's, it's so worth it. It's just so worth it how blessed we are to have children, how blessed we are to have so many children, how blessed we are to have a family together. And for Nana's case, as you know, she waited uh, a while, quite a while, to have a family. Not just really through marriage, but she was 
alone and she loves you so much. You should hear her talk about you all the time. We have family. We put up with each other. Hey, we may have troubles in church. We may have problems. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you spend a lot of time with the same people, right? Husband and wives can attest to that. And what is having a good, healthy marriage? Working through it because you're married, because you're covenanted. And the world runs from one another. The world doesn't have this. But we have this in Christ together. We have family. And so be thinking about your love to your brethren, that the Lord would be working in you, your love for one another. Having publicly professed Christ as your Savior in your church membership vows, you are now in covenant and you belong to him and one another. You, the church, are Ephesians 2.19. No more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. As our brother, Mr. Levine, said at the beginning, when I am at church, I feel I'm at home. You, the church, are Ephesians 3, 14 to 15, the whole family in heaven and earth. Now, think about that. The whole family in heaven and earth. You have a family. You have a large family. And I was going through Costco the other day, and I was kind of chuckling because the man was doing a bunch of checkout groceries for the lady in front of me and marveling over how she had eight children. And I said, I got another one coming right through behind her. You know, I got an eighth. Not, really? You got an eighth coming in March too? Wow. I thought I was big. I was one of four, you know. And uh, I said, well, that's why we have Costco memberships. <laughs> but this idea of an extended family is something people marvel at. But your family is way bigger than that. I mean, your family is bigger than this this group right here, as you know, it extends far beyond throughout the world of all tongues and tribes. And that's what we see in Revelation. People from all tongues and tribes. And don't we often talk about that, how when you meet a Christian somewhere, especially of more like-minded faith, but even if there are some differences, it's like family immediately. So often we might put each other up in our homes. We hardly know each other. And we talk all night. And the, the communion, the fellowship is so amazing because we're Christians. And we experience with one another what we often don't experience with our biological family. The blood of Christ. The communion of Christ in our midst. The spirit of Christ communing with our spirits together. It's a lovely, beautiful thing, but it's a big family. It's all over the world. If people could stop and look at that, they'd be really amazed. Wow, what a family you have, not only in quality, but in numbers. All tongues and tribes. And so how beautiful today on our Facebook page, you know, our, our sermons are webcasted through Sermon Audio to Facebook and YouTube. And this, this gentleman is often making comments from across the world. Mr. Herkel Vossink from the Netherlands. Uh, some of you know him. Some of you didn't have the chance to meet him. But he was here years ago doing his writing, translating uh, internship, a paid internship downtown San Diego. He stayed in our home for a while. He communicated in advance, reaching out to us. Other pastors had mentioned us. And uh, then he ended up uh, with the Maxwells for most of his stay and had a lovely time, was discipled more and more, ended up becoming a member of his visible church he grew up with, 
started taking of the Lord's Supper for the first time there when he went back and became a deacon and then got married. He has several kids. And then, well, I should say I'm getting the order out a bit of it, but uh, before the first kid was born, he decided on, I don't know if it was exactly a, a late honeymoon or a vacation, but goes out of his way to come to America and come see us at his church with his lovely bride and baby on the way. And it was wonderful. And it was like he had never left. And on our Facebook page today, when he saw the web service of the Vermilions joining our church, he just put a, like, I think a liked in a message. I am just so delighted to see these folks joining your church today. And we sent him a little comment in response. Hey, brother, you want to know what? When we were with them on Friday, we were talking about you <laughs> and how much we loved you and missed you because they served us the Van Waffles or what was it? Something like that from Costco. You know, the little Dutch little cookie caramel things, which are really good, by the way, especially with coffee. Um, and, uh, you know, he likes those. And a lot of times I'll see that somewhere. And even if I don't buy it, I'll take a picture and text it to him. Hey, thinking of you. You know, but that's just that expression again. He's around the world. He hasn't been here in years and he's just paying attention to us because he cares about us. That's the same thing we see with all the letters of Paul. I can't be there with you in person, but I've heard this or I'm sending Epaphrodites or Timothy to you. Please say hello. And he names a lot of people. Please tell these people to work it out. These lovely ladies help them to work it out. You know, he's concerned from afar. There is a family of people you haven't even met yet. But the wonderful thing is, even if you don't meet him till heaven, you'll know him and get to know him forever in heaven. Isn't that something? We see this in Revelation. They surround the Trinity singing together like a beautiful, harmonious choir singing in one accord, sounding like one voice. Beloved. We are family. I've got all my sisters with me. Yeah. <laughs> we are family. Get up, everybody, and sing. Well, hold on till I call you on to sing later. But, or we are family. I got all my brothers and me. We are family. Get up, everybody, and sing. Well, we do love to get together for our family reunions, don't we? Enjoyed a wedding together with some of our family here last summer. I couldn't help. I didn't sing it, but I, I kind of felt today, if I don't have it in there, Debbie Raglan's going to ask me about it. But see, you're right, you know, because she's done that before. <laughs> Why didn't you sing that? You know? and, and that's the beautiful thing. We get to know each other. We grow more and more. We just, we, can, we just can think each other's thoughts. We're so familiar. It's a blessing to have the family of God, the fellowship of Christ. Okay, well, you don't have to get up and sing that, but uh, may you pray and sing these song lyrics. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces for my brethren and companions sake. 
I will now say, peace be within thee, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Psalm 133 that you sang this evening. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. We have life forevermore in and with Jesus Christ, and that includes a whole bunch of brothers and sisters to share it with together. At the resurrection, I, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but it's going to be a new heaven on earth, a renewed earth. I can't wait to explore a pristine, glorified earth. I've thought about certain places I want to go. I probably will never get there now. How about you? How about we plan some trips together? I mean, we'll have eternity. How glorious to think about who we get to spend it with, our family in Christ, right? As the kids get older, one of the challenges is, you know, you want to have, it's harder to preserve that family vacation, you know? But we have family vacation forever in heaven. This morning in verse 16, the message was, be blessed in Christ's fellowship. You see, he also has a body. He also has a people. How blessed are you to have a father, a brother, a counselor, and a family. People you very rightly address as brother and sister. And people you very rightly speak about as the brethren, as your family. And while indeed blood is thicker than water, Christ's blood is thicker still than our own families. As you partake in the weekly Lord's Supper that informs and fulfills your life throughout the week, be blessed indeed in Christ's fellowship and in him be blessed in Christian fellowship. And that is the message for you this evening. This morning, be blessed in Christ's fellowship. Verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? And this evening, verse 17, for we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. In Christ, who is the bread of life, beloved, beloved brethren, be blessed in Christian fellowship. Know that you are blessed, that you are to be blessed in Christian fellowship and be a blessing and go enjoy it and be blessed in Christian fellowship.
Let us pray. Lord God in heaven, we thank you that we are not alone because you, Lord Jesus Christ, are with us and you will never forsake us. But thank you, O Lord, that as we serve you, you have preserved your remnant always. You have preserved those who will not bow the knee to Baal, but who will bow the knee only to Christ, saying, Jesus alone is Lord. And we are to have a blessed fellowship with one another as we serve you. We thank you for the church out of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation and out of which there certainly is a lack of real life-changing, reconciling fellowship. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. We indeed pray. We pray for peace within the walls of the church. We pray for our brethren and our companions. We pray for peace and prosperity for them. And we do say, O oh Lord, how blessed and good it is, pleasant it is for the brethren to have unity together. There, the Lord has commanded his blessing forevermore. Oh, Lord, let us recognize what we have and not take it for granted. Let us speak well of our family. And even with our warts and wrinkles and difficulties, let us speak well of our family, of how family's family, and we work it out in Christ Jesus, our Lord, helping us. We do thank you, O Lord, and pray your blessing on our family and our family throughout the world. And we look forward to meeting all of our family. We probably never will until heaven. And growing in fellowship with them and our fellowship with you at the great supper of the Lamb forever and ever. Help us to persevere until that day. In Jesus' name. And all your people said, Amen. And, O oh Lord, we, I think, to have us close with the Lord's Prayer together, which speaks in the third person plural. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.